the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, just here to come just share with you today. Uh, just want to give you a little update on, uh, you know, how our summer is progressing over Spirit of the Lord Church. You know, it's a, a, a summer of, uh, for us, it's a time for outreach, getting together, getting to know our neighbors, uh, you know, reaching out to our community, uh, introducing people to the person, works, and teachings of Jesus Christ, and uh, and just seeing what happens from there. Uh, on Friday nights, uh, we, we, we normally do a community dinner, and we sit down, you know, with our neighbors and people in the community and share a meal, and if they have any prayer requests, we pray, we talk. Uh, you know, last Friday was just a, a, a special time. The Friday before last, it was like nobody showed. <laughs> but the police, because somebody was shooting at somebody and ended up shooting one of the members' car tires. and <laughs> So their car was on flat. And then uh, the next you know, Friday, you know, you, you know, when it's, you know, when someone would probably not want to go out after, you know, having a car chase and a shootout right there. Um, and God just opened up the, the, the floodgates, man. We had, you know, people coming in and uh, sharing a meal and prayer requests. And, uh, you know, we had some uh, some, some young uh, Muslim guys come and sit down. And, and uh, you know, one of the ministers was explaining about Jesus and the Koran because he had studied the Koran when he was younger. And uh, so they was they were happy to sit down and have a meal and prayer and, and, uh, and talk about you know, living a godly life. So, I mean, it was just like a total night and day thing and going out there. Uh, our track team into this season, uh, this Thursday night, uh, we came back from nationals in Kansas, in, Can- in Lawrence, Kansas, at University of Kansas. Uh, we won four medals. One young lady won two. Um, and then, uh, so we made a great showing, a lot of top 20 finishes in there, uh, you know, just personal best and things like that. And so we had a real good year. You know, we had over 100 kids uh, running on the team. Uh, we ended the year, I think the last practice we had, we must have had like 60, 60 kids. So a lot of kids didn't drop off. They stayed. A lot of them showed up for the banquet. Despite the weather, the cold weather, the cold snap, we were supposed to be outside grilling, but, you know, we had to come inside. And uh, But we made the most of it and uh, had, uh, I think, uh, 11, 12 seniors come out this year uh, and all of them are going to college and uh, all of them are uh, mostly got their education paid for which is always our goal and I got a couple wanting to be doctors so it's, that's going to be interesting because they got a long road to go 
And so uh, our everyday program is, is humming along. You know, we're going horseback riding next week. The kids are going to uh, uh, do some therapy through horses. So it, all in all, it's been a great summer. You know, we've got like, seven of enrolled in my leadership class, junior high leadership class, and uh, it's plugging along. You know, as always, you've got gaps to fill. You know, I, you know, I got to do the last-minute fundraising piece, but other than that, man, it's been a great summer. We've impacted a lot of lives, uh, and it's sad to see it come to an end. You know, yet, yet Thursday was like a, a preview of fall, man. I wasn't liking it, man. I was like, it's like it jumped from can we cut the air conditioning on to can we cut the heat on, you know. But, uh, you know, this, it's been a better day this weekend. It's going in there. You know, what I want to talk to you today about is is, is when we get down to purpose. Uh, I really enjoyed the young men we had on last week. Uh they're using uh, their their abilities and gifts through rap music to communicate the gospel. I didn't make it to their to their uh, CD release because uh, I had a track banquet uh, last night, and in the middle of the track banquet, I started passing a, a kidney stone. That was not fun, so I, I kind of cut it short last night. But I, I was just reading in the book of Genesis um, this month. And and something just really uh, bumped into me looking at the life of uh, of Joseph, and uh, and Joseph went through a lot. You know, he had the dream. Uh, his father invested heavily in him. You know, as far as telling him things, and and Joseph knew the prophecies that were given to Abraham. He knew the prophecies that were given to his grandfather. You know, because he made that clear when he told the people that when. When you leave here, you know, when, when the time for prophecy is up, when you get to go, um, you know, to the, to our promised land, he said, take my bones with you. And uh, and so he knew that what God had promised Abraham to do. But the thing that I always wondered about Joseph, and since my name is Joseph, Joseph was always been a, a favorite character of mine, you know, growing up in the Catholic church where you had to pick a baptism name and a confirmation name. Yes, I picked Joseph. You know, what I mean? so my 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 Catholic name is Joseph Cornelius Joseph Joseph Sutton. You know, when you if you said on the proper side, but the first Joseph I picked was this Joseph, the son of uh, Jacob, son of Israel. The second Joseph that I picked was uh, was was the 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 father of Jesus. You know what I mean? And the one thing I always liked about Joseph's is that I, that I liked, you know, even Joseph Arimathea or anything like that, is that they were faithful. They they were faithful, you know what I mean? And, and and they had no problem being faithful to what they were called and told to do. And not thinking about the expense of themselves, but thinking about the level of obedience that they had to walk in. And and, and that shaped my life. I said, I want to be like Joseph, you know what I mean? Because they were obedient, you know what I mean? They stayed committed. They were steadfast, you know what I mean? And if one thing, if you come to know me, is that that I'm committed, you know, I'm steadfast. My, my pastor used to say I had that that Chicago mafia commitment, you know. <laughs> say you loyal. He said you too loyal. He said you know when you go in, when you get wrapped up into something. But I what's I, I what's I wondered about Joseph? His Joseph sold into slavery, not seeing his his dad. I know his brothers wasn't too much of a uh, of a thrill for him to see, but you know, not seeing his younger brother, not seeing his dad not being around the, the, the familiar. And yet when he got elevated to number two in the kingdom, only the Pharaoh, he didn't 
go and visit his dad. He he didn't go and 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 say, yeah, you know me. That's when the Chicago would have came out. I'd have rolled in with about five, six thousand soldiers, <laughs> scared them, punked them all, made them all bow down and worship me. You know for what they had did. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have really done nothing to him, but I would have faked like I was going to do something to him. I would have gave him a heart attack or something like that to go in there. But I really would want to see my dad and, and think, well, how, what what has my dad gone through all these years, not seeing me, not knowing me? But yet Joseph stayed true to and committed to the task. And it wasn't so much that it was Pharaoh's task, but he knew that it was God's task. And if one thing I believe that Joseph learned from the time that he was a youngster all the way to this point in his captivity, he's now 30 years old, was that God's plan works. God's ways work. Anything I can do in the flesh is not there. Even when he came to interpret the dreams and they said, hey, we heard you interpret dreams. He immediately deflected. He immediately said, not yeah." God interprets dreams, you know, but his faith and his relationship with God was as such that he believed that God would tell him what the interpretation was. Not that he would interpret the dream, but that God would tell me what the dream means. There's a difference in that. You know, you have people that say, I can do this. I can do that. And then there's other people that, that, that truly say, you know, I can do that if. God does it through me. You know what I mean? And it may seem like a small difference, but it's a great difference. Joseph wasn't bragging about that he had the ability to do what needed to be done, but he was bragging about his relationship with God, that God speaks to him. You know, and I noticed that, that when a person gets close to God, that 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 confidence tends to come out. Uh, when you look at Elisha, you know, Elisha was when the widow came on the mule, you know, uh, up to him and, and, uh, his servant was going to stop her. And Elisha said, no, 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 let her come. Because I want to see what this is that God has withheld from me. Meaning that Elisha didn't even know she was coming. And he didn't know why she was coming. You know, Elisha had gotten so used to in his relationship with God that God would tell him everything. That once he saw something that he didn't know, his curiosity speak. He said, I want to see what this is that God did not tell me. You know what I mean? So when we look at our relationship with God, you know, and, and this is not going to happen overnight. I know a lot of us think we can take the accelerated course. If I go pay, you know, a hundred some thousand dollars and go to seminary, then I'm going to come out here hearing the voice of God all clear. No, that's not it. It, it's, it. it involves a lot of wisdom, a lot of patience, a lot of time, and that key word, a lot of suffering. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you choose the wrong thing. And when you choose the wrong voice, you know, and if it costs you something, if you have to suffer because of it, man, it, you remember that. You know, you remember that wholeheartedly. You know, uh, you know, it, it, it even brings tears to my eyes now thinking that what Joseph had to go through, knowing that he had the power and the potential to go there and scoop up his dad, but to sit there and do this task first. Because he knew it was God ordained because God revealed it to Pharaoh and then to him. And he goes from working in the prison to being number two in Egypt. 
that wasn't through no no uh, positive thinking course, you know, the Egyptian Norman Vincent Peale or anything like that. He knew that was a move of God. And God was moving and had a task specific for him to accomplish. He immediately went about that task. There were seven years of good, right? He went around surveying the whole land and doing all that. He could have made a quick trip out there, you know, hugged his dad's neck, you know, you know, mentally tortured his brothers and got back and still, you know, still stored up the granaries and did all those things. And even during the seven years of famine, when all he was doing was pretty much handing out grain and buying and selling, he could have did that. But here you see Joseph's trust for God's hand in his life because he knew the dream. And in that dream, not only was his brothers going to bow down to him, but also his father and his mother. But she had passed. But, you know, they, they, they went there. So he he didn't try to make the dream come to pass the way Sarah and Abraham tried to make the promise come to pass by having a child through the through the slave owner. He 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 sat back and he trusted and he said, How is God gonna work this out? You know, let me sit back and see. And that level of patience, that's that fruit of the spirit patience. That ain't just regular patience. That's fruit of the spirit patience. Cause I'm telling you, you know what I mean? I, I, I have to get checked myself because there are times because of my nature, I have a warrior, I have a warrior nature. I just I just I like the war. That's why I love intercessory prayer. That's why I love, you know, uh, you know, deliverance. I love things like that because I like to fight. You know what I mean? And uh, and and so, but even I think about my own kids sometimes and my kids that are outside the boundaries of the faith. You know, and then you know, and, and it's always debatable how far outside the boundaries they are. You know, because they, they they tell me I I just got this narrow standard. But, you know, I want to at times run to them, grab them, shake them, drag them into the kingdom, drag them in there to do that. But, you know, I have to trust the work that God is doing in their life, that he's do, that he's doing the work and not me. And, and it, it, that step that I have to sit back and I have to continue doing what I'm doing. And a lot of times I'm serving other people's kids. A lot of times I'm serving other people's needs. And I see the needs of my own, you know, I see the needs of my own not being met. And it takes godly patience because, you know, everybody's second guessing what you do and what you don't do. And you got to stick to what it is that God has given you. That becomes a, a chore. It it becomes hard. You know, what I mean, you know, uh, you know, Peter talks about James talks about how, you know, the trying of our faith work patience and and, you know, and, and, and that's what brings patience about is when we go through some things. And, and and I'm telling you, there's nothing like seeing someone that you love going through something, but yet you can't reach out. And you know you have some power to do something about it, you know, in your flesh. But you also know that if you do it, you'll just make matters worse because the plan of God is far better than your plan. And you better believe that God's plan is better than your plan because the temptation is not to depend on God's plan but to go out there and enact your own plan. Joseph did not enact his own plan. He stayed with the plan of God. And God brought that thing to pass, brought his brothers to him, brought his dad to him, and and, and there was power in what he did. You know, as we come up on our break time, you know, you're listening to Isaiah 61, uh, radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. You know, if we come up on our break time, I, I, I want to come back after the break 
and just talk about the, the practical ways of how we can endure those times of the trying of our faith. You know, how we can look for a reward. I want to share, you know, a personal story with you, you know, about, you know, my own life and getting in that area. So enjoy the music going out. Enjoy the music coming in. Stay tuned and we'll wrap this thing up. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Pastors, you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that your congregation will really enjoy and benefit from, but you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give SermonSearch.com a try. Sermon Search is packed with sermon outlines from revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. You'll also find images, videos, and analogies to complement your presentation of God's message. Be inspired to study, create, and proclaim with SermonSearch.com. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry Spirit Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, just here talking about patience today. And, uh, and uh, thinking of, you know, we always had that favorite saying, you know, you got to have the patience of Job. You know, but as I was reading uh, Genesis this month, I was just looking at Joseph and seeing the level of patience that, that he exercised, you know, with all that power he had at his disposal. There's a quote that, that Joseph says to his brothers when he finally reveals himself to him in the midst of his, his crying and, 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 and weeping. And he said, so it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Man, I mean, Joseph came to realize that even after all those years, he forgave his brothers a long, long time ago because he realized the reason why he was there is because God had ordained him to be there. And it wasn't his brother's fault. They did not send him there. God orchestrated him. Even at the time when he got accused of attempted rape for him not to be murdered, but to just to be given favor and thrown to jail. And then the favor he received along the journey, he realized that God was preparing him for a moment. And and so sometimes when you're going through what people deem to be some hard, rough times, you know, you know, God looks at it this way. He's going to get the glory either way. You know what I mean? And I look at, I look at my own life and I look at some of the things that I went through that I didn't have to go through, but basically I went through them because my parents made a decision and they walked away from the godly lifestyle, both raised in church, uh, good, strong parents, everything like that. But, you know, they they wanted to go out there and enjoy the party lifestyle. So that made me grow up in that lifestyle. So that made me experience some things that I never would have experienced if I had probably been raised, you know, uh, in a different environment, you know, especially a godly environment. I, but going through those things, even though they hurt, 
I've come to realize later on that it wasn't my parents that put that there. You know, you know, God looked at my parents and knew what was going to happen, and he said, we're going to get the glory out of this thing. So now that I, the people that I'm able to relate to, the people that I'm able to minister, really, really the whole bulk of my ministry, you know, emulates and comes from, you know, how I grew up in the things I experienced. You know, now, I don't think my parents would have ever let me experience those things if they knew that it was going to be the result of that. I think they would have changed their tune if they would have known that this is how it's going to hurt your child. You know, and I think they would have changed their tune. But because they were blinded, you know, by the God of this world, they couldn't see. And sometimes we as believers get blinded to certain things. We think that if we suffer anything or things don't go our way, uh, you know, that God's hand ain't there or I must be doing something wrong. And, and it's far from, it's far from the truth. You know, the thing that we have to understand is that sometimes things come in our life to shake things out of us or put things in us that are needed for later on in the journey. You know what I mean? That level of compassion that you have towards someone, you know, me being raised by a single mom, that wasn't God's perfect will for me, but they divorced. So I got raised by a single mom and and I understand what single moms go through because I had to be my mother's uh, right hand. I had to be her her support. That's what I had to do. I understand the pressure sometimes that the that the oldest child is is under, you know, in dealing with, you know, taking care of your mom and doing some things around the house and watching your little brothers and sisters and all like that that you feel. And when it's time for you to branch out and do something, you're so busy caring about everybody else that you never care for yourself. You know, and that carries over into your adulthood and things like that and things that you do and decisions that you make and how you order your steps and run your life. And, and you know, but when it comes down to it, we need the Holy Spirit to come into our life and refine that. The experiences in themselves are not what puts us in the position to minister. It's how the Holy Spirit comes in and heals us and uses us to come in and minister for somebody else because you can go through A lot of people go through those things and a lot of people go out there and try to help others. And they try to do it from a, as we would say, secular fleshly position and they don't have the results of things like that. You know, whereas then there's other people who allow God to heal them. And so now you not only understand what that person is going through, but you can lead them to the place of true healing. Because if you've been through true, if you've allowed the Holy Spirit to heal you, but if you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to heal you, you're just learning how to cope with it, uh, how to deal with it, you know, how to function, you know, in this thing. Then you're never free from your past and you're never free from the darkness that haunts your life. You know, I can truly say that I'm free from that darkness and there's nothing haunting me. But the Holy Spirit has come in and healed me. But at the same time, right, he, 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 he equips me to speak to that thing in a way that no one else can speak to it, you know, because I know where it's going. So I've learned that no matter what I go through, <laughs> I mean, I'm like Paul, I've learned how to be content in whatever situation I'm in. If I'm going through a low period of time, you know, I realize this, that it's only temporary. You know, I, when, when, you know, I look back on, I went through this four year cycle in my life, and, uh, you know, when when everything crashed and, you know, mortgages crashed and all like that and our business, you know, we couldn't find business. And, and at the same time, my kidneys failed. And so our income disappeared. God kept us. We don't know how. You know what I mean? But he kept us. 
You know what I mean? And, you know, and now that things seem to be on the upswing and everybody's happy and going through there, you know what? We know that it's God who keeps us. And, you know, and we, we went through some things as a couple, as a family, but it's made us stronger and it's made us know even more important that the best solution for our communities is always going to be faith-based. Your faith in God is what's going to carry you through. That's what we try to do as our outreach. That's what we do in our program. And as a family, that's what we do when we interact with people and we share the good news. So I want to encourage you, you know, don't fear the trying of your faith because it's going to work that patience in you. And maybe instead of saying next time, you know, we need the patience of Job, you'll say we need the patience of Joseph. Yeah, right? Because Job was suffering and still remained patient. Joseph was prospering and still remained patient. It's easy to be patient and humble when you ain't got nothing. <laughs> it's hard as heck to be patient and humble when you're in the middle of prosperity and you got everything. You can buy what you want, go what you want, do what you want, say what you want. That gets us in trouble more than anything else. Hey, as always, great sharing with you. Give me some feedback. Give me a call. Uh, go to our website, SOTLC.org. Love you, and see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.